Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. So what does a drag ban? Porphy Max giving us tips on how to douche like a porn star. Outrageously priced Beyonce tickets. Andrew Christian's latest innovation. And a Black Little Mermaid. All have to do with one another. Well, you're about to find out what my reaction to all of these things are now. There is a lot of shit going on in the world today. Some good, some bad. And sometimes I just, I look at articles that pop up on my phone and I just can't believe the shit that I'm reading right before my very eyes. And I just have to take a step back and ask myself, is this really happening? And half the time, you guys, my reaction to most of this news is just, well... (laughs) Let's find out what exactly my reaction is to five specific topics of conversation this week. So this week, instead of our regular scheduled weekly like structure routine for the show, we're just going to scrap all of that. And I'm going to share with you my reaction to Porphy Max, the porn star who has given us some really specific tips on douching when you're a porn star and how I reacted to that. Andrew Christian and his new messy bottom underwear and how I reacted to that. The Little Mermaid being black and Tinkerbell being black in the new life action version of Peter Pan and everybody's reaction to that and what's my reaction to everybody's reaction to that? (laughs) Beyonce tickets and basically selling your entire soul just to get like a fucking thousand dollar Beyonce ticket and what is my reaction to that? And last but most certainly not least, we're going to talk about none other than Tennessee and the drag ban that I just cannot believe is actually happening. So you're going to get all the details on my reaction to that. So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill and let's get Ronnie's reaction to all these things that are happening in the world. Today. You are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, 
self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Washburn here, and welcome back to the biggest reaction to that in the podcast world, My Gay Expose Podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore what it means to react to that in regards to some random like Instagram live that I just so happened to coincidentally stumble upon from the porn star Porphy Max and what he revealed in that specific Instagram Live. I'm going to tell you what my reaction to that is in regards to Andrew Christian coming out with his new messy bottom underwear and what that means exactly. I'm going to totally give you my reaction to that. We're going to talk about The Little Mermaid and the fact that she's black in the new live action Disney feature that's about to be here in the next coming months. And then also the announcement that Peter Pan is also doing a live action version of that movie as well with Tinkerbell being black too and people's reaction to that. And my reaction to people's reaction to that is, we'll we'll get into all of that, you guys. I promise you. Beyonce tickets. Like, would you sell your soul for Beyonce tickets? Well, apparently most people out there would And what the fuck? I will tell you my full-blown reaction to that. And then last but not least, we'll definitely tackle this entire topic of conversation known as the drag Tennessee ban and like some of the bullshit that's coming out of that fucking state. And you guys, you best believe that of course, this is the fucking state that my parents live in. So this is no surprise to me at all whatsoever, but I'm going to tell you my reaction to that and also how that sort of simultaneously couples with a lot of the like transgender laws that are in the books to potentially be passed coming up soon here. And the scary shit that's about to happen in this country, I just, well, I'll tell you my reaction to that. (laughs) So because of this structure this week, No re-expose, no your K-expose this week. We're just going to hop right into Ronnie's reaction to that. So are you guys familiar with Porphy Max? <laughs> so if, you, if you're not, just like Google his ass. Look him up. His ass, literally, no pun intended, is like everywhere. Online, on Instagram. It, I mean, he, he does have a beautiful fucking body. But you guys, he's one of those like uh, OnlyFans porn stars that I think he kind of like broke out like right before COVID, if I'm not mistaken in the porn world specifically, but then I like everybody else who like realized that it was much more lucratively beneficial to do porn for yourself on OnlyFans, he started doing 
just that. And, you know, while I don't subscribe to any OnlyFans because they absolutely refuse to pay for porn. <laughs> I mean, I've searched him out on my porn searches. Like, I think he's super fucking hot. He has a beautiful ass. He bottoms like a motherfucking boss, which is right up my alley. And so, yeah, I'm a fan of Porphy Max. And, you know, he's sort of uh, on his Instagram feed. He sort of like has surrounds himself with like a lot of the like big named L.A. like porn stars that are doing like the very same thing. Like in their little OnlyFans world, they're all just like fucking each other and filming each other and they're all doing their own thing and I just, I do enjoy following him on Instagram. However, I will say this. I do not subscribe to any of his OnlyFans stuff. I have seen many of porns. And truth be told, I have jerked off to a lot of his porn. But I randomly was just on Instagram one day, as one does. (laughs) Like, basically wasting most of their life scrolling through meaningless bullshit on Instagram. And it just so happened that he was doing an Instagram live. Now, here's the thing, you guys. I avoid Instagram lives like the plague. Like, I I honestly, I won't, like, chime in. I don't really do it. It's just not my thing. I just never really have been into that. But for some reason, I just, like, hit this specific Instagram live. And what he was doing is he was actually talking about his douching practice that he actually does for himself. So here's the thing. This is what he described. He basically said that he bulb douches, like, you know, with a fleet or whatever the fuck it is that you use when you douche on a regular basis. And after he sort of feels like he's completely cleaned himself out, I mean, you and I both know that's not always foolproof, right? Like, you can think that you're fully douched out and ready to party, but then when you sit on that hot jock top dick, uh, you can potentially have... A dirty butt sex oopsie daisy moment. So Porphy was basically explaining that. And the, the way that he described it to me just kind of like caught my entrance, entrance, <laughs> interest right away or entrance into this Instagram live, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But basically he was explaining that, that it was, this is the way that porn stars actually douche. So the technique that he described on this specific Instagram live openly disclose that if you're a porn star or if you have like some kind of like idea that you want to one day become a porn star that this is how you should douche and like this is how porn stars douche and so of course I you know I could use the tips just because you know this show I talk about douching all the time we've talked about dirty butt sex like all right I'm in sold let's let's hear it how do porn stars douche. So this is how he explained. He basically said he, again, uses a fleet or some sort of bulb style douching situation, cleans himself out, and then he takes his biggest dildos and, wait for it, you guys, puts them up his ass to test out the waters, quote-unquote, no pun intended. (laughs) And that's how he double checks to make sure that there's not a dirty butt sex oopsie daisy moment outcome. He basically said that if you stick this dildo up your ass and you pull it out and there's a little bit of residue, and that basically means that you're not quite done. And he like kept saying shit like, well, you know, you have to ac- double check and ex- be extra careful because 
after all, I'm in porn. So I have to make sure that there's just absolutely nothing. And uh, he did sort of talk about like when he knows that he's going to bottom, he has to like, like, like handle his diet, like leading up to that moment. But so he does take a lot of precautionary measures. But I was just so mind blown with the idea and the notion that a dildo up your ass is like your check mark or your checkpoint to make sure or ensure that you like sit on that hot jock top dick and come out with a clean bill of health. So of course, you guys, you know that I tried it, right? (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, you know, I had a date. Everything was lined up. Um, I knew based on the interaction with this guy that we were most likely going to have sex following. So I wanted to make sure and ensure, and I wanted to try Porphy's little porn star quality method to see if it's actually accurate. And you guys, I will say this. I did it. I tried it. I went on the date. I did go home with the guy. I did have sex with him. And I will say this, 100% clean bill of health. (laughs) I was actually pretty fucking shocked. So you guys, do it. Try it. Let me know. Call in on the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline. Douche yourself. Use a dildo up your ass and let me know how that works out for you. Is the Porphy Max method foolproof? Let me know. I want to hear from all of you. I'm just curious to see if maybe it was just a coincidence that it worked out for me in this specific moment or if Porphy's porn star like technique is foolproof. So I think it was like a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, that we caught wind of the idea that Disney was announcing that they were doing a live action version of The Little Mermaid. Now, you guys, listen, before I go into this whole topic of conversation, I will say this. I was the biggest fan of The Little Mermaid back in the 90s or like, was it late 80s? I don't remember. I was young. Yeah, I think it was like 89, if I'm not mistaken. So I think, how old was I then? I think I was like nine or something like that. Is that right? Did I do the math right? Well, I was a kid and I was obsessed with The Little Mermaid because obviously I wanted to be her. I loved it. It was just, I watched that movie to a place where I had the whole fucking thing and I still do have it all memorized. Like I could actually like monologue that shit word for word, do all the characters' voices, you name it. I was the hugest fan. And The Little Mermaid does hold a very special place in my heart to a place where I've actually got it on DVD just because I just loved it so much when I was a kid. I even downloaded it on my Apple TV device. Like, I love that movie so much. So tell me why it's such a fucking problem that when they announce that they're doing the live action version of The Little Mermaid, that everybody is fucking so pissed off that she's black. Like the character is black. Like who fucking cares if The Little Mermaid's fucking black? Who fucking cares? But you guys, the live action trailer was like debuted, I guess, like I think it was like the Oscars or some shit like that that recently happened and they did the full-blown trailer. And on YouTube, they basically described it as like over like a million plus dislikes just for the trailer, just to show what the movie's gonna be like. It's like a little like two-minute trailer 
and it received more dislikes than likes. Like there were only like thousands of likes in the moment of that article that I read's published moment that basically said that there were more people in the world that were disliking the Little Mermaid trailer just because she's black. You guys, this like fucking blows my mind. I, I really wanted to talk to somebody who disliked that video simply because the Little Mermaid was black. And why the fuck can't she be black? Why the fuck not? I don't get it. Oh my God. It makes me so angry that no matter how much we progress in today's society, we still have all of these fucking racist ass bigots who have a problem with the fucking goddamn Disney movie. Like, what the fuck? Like, I just, I don't get it. But I just saw two days ago that they, you know, officially announced that they're doing a live action version of the uh, Peter Pan movie. And guess what, you guys? Same thing. Tinkerbell is black. And so again, same thing. Slight trailer. All the dislikes outweighed the likes simply because Tinkerbell is fucking black. She's not like a little cartoon character with blonde hair like everybody expects her to be. You guys, there is so much hate going on in this world over a fucking mermaid and a goddamn fairy. <laughs> like, do you see how fucking ridiculous it is to be so upset about the race of a classic Disney character? Like, does anybody else, like, get as infuriated as I do when you see shit like this uh, in the world today. I just, it blows my motherfucking mind. And I just can't believe that we live in a fucking world where people are still being openly racist about something like a little mermaid and a Tinkerbell. Like this is real. This is my fucking reaction to this. I just, I, I don't believe it's real. I literally do not believe it's real. But you guys, it's fucking real. And guess what? The second The Little Mermaid and the second the Peter Pan movie drop in theaters, I will be the first fucking one in line with my undying support. Period. So you guys, Andrew Christian, I have to say, hands down, is like a fucking business genius. Like, one of the first people in this world to completely target market an entire underwear line in the direction of gay men. Like all the models that are considered to be quote unquote Andrew Christian models are all these hot jock top energy guys that you have been eyeing on your grinder grid for weeks, guys that are so far out of your league. And I think we all watch like every single like picture that he takes, every advertisement that he produces, every calendar he makes, every single piece of underwear that lies on that website is specifically geared towards a hot, sexy gay man. And it's honestly, it's genius. And truth be told, in one of my advertisement classes, I actually wrote a paper on Andrew Christian. That's how fucking long he's been around, because I won't exactly tell you how long I've been out of college. <laughs> But it's been a very long time. But that being said, I just, you know, he's trend has like gone up and down over the course of the last like fucking decade. But he's definitely been around for a very long time. And I'll be honest, every single time I go over to a grinder hookup and they drop their pants and they have their underwear on more often than not, it's a pair of very sexy 
Andrew Christians. I mean, he's revolutionized the whole like style where it just pushes your bulge forward, you know, that barely like or almost nude or almost naked or whatever the fuck that shit's called. Like all the styles that really just is everything that a gay man wants to look like. He's really just been so spot on in perfecting the craft of looking at a very desirable, delicious looking, muscly built man in a pair of underwear. And honestly, like one of my biggest fucking fantasies is like underwear. I have like an underwear fetish. And so this just really takes the cake for me on so many levels. But here's the thing, you guys. So recently, because I get emails from him all the time, I like subscribe to his like uh, thong and jockstrap, like monthly, like whatever the fuck it is, like where you get like a thong and a jockstrap every month. So it's like a monthly subscription. I, I just blindly like have that. And I always forget about it until I like get a package in the mail and I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably cancel that. But oh, look, I got a, another pair of underwear. <laughs> And I probably will never cancel it, truth be told. But so Andrew Christian, I got an email. He announced it. He officially created a new pair of underwear that, wait for it, is called a messy bottom tank or trunk or whatever the fuck. So the premise behind this is that when you're getting fucked and some guy comes in your ass you know, you still have to go out to the club, right? So this is really just designed for that moment when you're in the club, you're feeling yourself, you eye that guy from across the bar, you like walk over, you get closer and closer, you guys begin to make out, things start to go the way of the back room or the dark room or the bathroom in some cases. And you suddenly find yourself like completely flopped over the toilet and he is just fucking you from behind. And then when he comes in your ass, what do you do? You go about the rest of your day, right? You go find your friends, you keep dancing, you get another drink, you just do your thing. Well, this messy bottom underwear is designed for that moment when you suddenly like have the cum kind of slipping out of your ass. There's a supposedly like an added layer of like absorbed cloth in the butt of this specific underwear that is designed for that specific situation when you have to continue your night out and you have like come dripping out of your ass. And I just have to say, this is fucking genius. From the world's most pristine, bossy power bottom of all time, I am so buying a pair of these Andrew Christian messy bottom underwear. Like, I love the idea. I think it's, I just, I would kiss Andrew Christian right now if I could in person. So that's, I, I, I I have no more words. It's just sheer genius and what we all need in today's gay society. All right, you guys, listen. I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, 
keep that click to yourself. <laughs> but you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. Okay, so I don't understand why we live in a world where someone like a Beyonce becomes a person that you would rather forego paying your very own rent just to see in the nosebleed seats of any concert venue. I, I, I just I just don't get it. Now, you guys, listen, I saw Beyonce a few years ago, and I will say this. It, I was so incredibly impressed. That bitch knows how to slay, put on a fucking goddamn good show. I'll give her that for sure. Like, that's what she does best. Her music's like questionable at times, but at the end of all of it, Beyonce is a huge gay icon. And I get that people love her, but what I don't understand is why people were, are le legitimately selling their fucking soul just for a Beyonce ticket to see her in concert in like awful fucking seats. I just, I, what? Why? One of my friends actually, he keeps sending screenshots in like a group thread that I'm in and like you know he'll like look at different various cities all over the like country and see like what the tickets in price are and you know how like when you like go into like Ticketmaster for example you could like view the seats that you're kind of looking out for or whatnot and I'm just like there are the worst most nosebleed seats of all time and these tickets are still like six seven hundred dollars you guys i can't even fucking imagine what the upfront like beyonce sweats on you moment is like what the cost of that ticket is like i i don't even want to know truth be told and i actually probably if i was like a you know podcast host that actually did research before I recorded each and every week. <laughs> I might have investigated that a little bit, but like I just and now there's all these stories coming out about how people are like tr like fighting over tickets and like demanding that they have the seat that they originally like it just all that this big giant clusterfuck of people that are angry because they're not getting the seats they want and there's even people who are like saying that they'll go to Europe because I guess the tickets in Europe are cheaper than they are in the United States to see her on tour. Like people are actually willing to buy a fucking goddamn plane ticket to go to Europe just to see Beyonce. I just don't under, again, love Beyonce, love what she does, love her show, eat it up, all of it. Would love to go to a Beyonce concert once again, but how do we get to this place where her tickets are so fucking desirable that people are literally like giving up their bills and their rent and flights to Europe. And I just, I just, to me, not worth it. Like, I just don't fucking understand how and why people are going this crazy over it. Another thing that I find interesting since we're talking about Beyonce was, I don't know if you guys caught wind of this or not, but like the gays made a huge deal about how I guess Beyonce was paid like, what was it? Like something like $3 million or $13 million. I can't remember. See, again, if I did the research, then I'd, you know, be on point. But of course I didn't. So I have no fucking clue. But apparently she was paid to go do a concert in Dubai, which the gays went crazy about because Dubai is 
commonly known to be one of those cities that completely outlaws being homosexual, being gay. So the view was that basically Beyonce collected a paycheck and turned her back on like her mostly gay fans to go do a fucking concert in Dubai. And like the LGBTQ plus community was like, like calling her out, going against her. But we all know that the Beyonce fans are like hardcore. And I'm pretty much willing to bet that gays all over the world are willing to turn their eye and look the other way and not care that someone like Beyonce supported a concert in a country that is against like the vast majority of all of her fucking fans. So think about that the next time you're like searching for your fucking Beyonce ticket and the cheapest seat in the nosebleed section is like $1,100 and you're willing to give your fucking soul to go see her for one moment and probably not even see her that well because you're all the way up at the top of the bleachers and it's just not worth it. And this is what people are actually doing, you guys. This is what fucking people are doing. I just, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. So, you guys, for this next one, I'm just going to apologize in advance for the idea and the notion that as I talk about this specific topic of conversation, I'm probably going to get a little riled up and a little angry, but this shit is just complete and total bullshit. Now, listen, we've all heard about what's going on in Tennessee in regards to, like, the drag ban and how they're trying to make all of this, like, bullshit legislation come to light and... Uh, like the attack on the LGBTQ plus community as a fucking whole. And, you know, I have to say, I'm not fucking surprised that Tennessee of all places is the one city, city, <laughs> the one state that actually like does this first before any other state. Now, here's the thing. Last year on the AIDS life cycle, we we were stopping off. I forget where we were, but we were in fucking California, you guys, like in the middle of California on our way to Los Angeles. And on the Friday, we do what they call a red dress day. So the backstory behind this is that years ago when the AIDS life cycle was becoming an established entity, they, I guess there's a stretch of highway that does like a loop. And I guess what they wanted to do is they wanted to take a photo of the actual riders doing the loop, but they wanted them to all wear red so that they you know, would take the photo and it would look like, you know, the red ribbon because the red ribbon represents like the entire AIDS cause in itself. So they, I guess, had sent an email out saying dress in red. So one of the teams misunderstood the email and thought it said wear a red dress instead of dress in red. So they all showed up wearing red dresses And it just became like a super fun fucking tradition that is still going on to this day. And I will say this, last year, it was so much fucking fun to see how far people took it. Like full on drag, like just the the amount of effort that people put into it was just so amazing. Like the guys that did our specific um, luggage truck that like we all had our specific luggage trucks that we had to drop off each and every day throughout the trip and the two guys that did our truck specifically they were they did like the handmaid's tail like that their the whole look the get up it was so fucking well done well put together it was just so much fun to see how much fun everybody had on 
this red dress day. And I have so many fucking ideas for what I'm going to do this year. But that being said, when one of the stops on this red dress day, we're all decked out in our red dresses and we stopped at a Starbucks. Now, you guys, there were plenty of other teams aside from our own on the AIDS life cycle that happened to stop at this exact same Starbucks. And as we were like kind of leaving the Starbucks and walking back to the Sprinter car, we all were walking across and someone went out of their way to like kind of pull into the parking lot just to yell obscenities at us saying like, hey, are you guys those child molesters like in Texas? Because in this time frame, Texas was considering actually passing a similar law. And I think it got blocked or something didn't go through or I'm not really sure what happened, but I know it's not current legislation there at the moment. But I, it happened so fast, you guys. They like drove in, they yelled out the obscenity. And one of the girls who's a lesbian in our like, team like she was the brunt of like the direct fire and when she got into the car she was like so how do you guys react to shit like that I just don't fucking understand how like I don't even know how to react like she was from New York she's not used to that kind of shit just as much as we are in SF so and you guys we were in fucking California of all places it just didn't make sense like these guys actually went out of their way just to scream out obscenities at us because we were all wearing fucking red dresses. And, you know, this shit is happening in Tennessee, you guys. And I just can't fucking believe each and every time I read, like, some piece that is published about this specific law, they went through the motions of, like, basically creating the language in the law so specific that they can't, they couldn't actually, like, they tried to make it to full-on ban drag shows, But because, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race has become such a big thing and drag queens aren't just in over 21 clubs any longer doing their shows. They're like, you know, they're at drag brunches now or they're doing like work the world tour, for example, and like kids can buy tickets to go see their show. And and it's just become such a huge part of our culture. And it just the religious people are just coming for us in any way that they can. I actually watched an an interview from some guy that was interviewing the actual, I think he was the mayor, I'm not the mayor, the the governor of, you know, Tennessee. And he basically was like, "So why are you why do you feel obligated to like ban drag shows specifically? Why is it that you feel that children shouldn't be exposed to something?" like a drag show. And he's like, you know, it's the government's job to protect kids. And then the the interviewer completely cut him off and was like, wait, 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 hold on. Time out, time out. So you're telling me it's the government's job to protect kids. So you're willing to take the free speech away from this performer to like make it a point to quote, protect kids, unquote. Let me ask you this. What is the number one, like, way that children in this country die on a regular basis. And I have a little bit of a hint for you. It has nothing to do with drag queens. And then the guy very uncomfortably said, I'm guessing you're going to say firearms. And he's like, no, there's no guess. And it's not my opinion. That is actual fact. The number one way that children in this country are dying is from guns, more than cancer, 
more than car accidents, more than any other way. Guns are killing children more than any other way. But you want to take the rights away from a drag performer because you feel it's your job to protect them? Sir, that is hypocrisy at its finest. And I literally, you guys, I jumped out of my skin. I like was on my feet, jumping up and down with excitement. This fucking interviewer, I don't even know who he is. I should probably figure it out. Again, under-researched episode this week, you guys. <laughs> but it was so well said. It was such a good point. And the governor was just like, he just was dumbfounded. He just, he, he got shut down. But they're trying so hard to create this moment where drag queens could potentially be under attack in Tennessee, where it, it's, it doesn't just extend to just drag queens alone. This is all, all the way going into like all of these other trans bills that are being put on the table to potentially be like put forth in this specific state. In other states too, there are so many other states that are trying their very best to, you know, end like medical like care for kids who want to transition. There's, I think it was, I saw something about Iowa who basically was making it, if you're under 18, you're forced to de-transition back to whatever gender you were born under. There's just so much bullshit out there. I just, again, can't believe half the shit that I'm just like watching right before my fucking very eyes. And I am so happy to see people like Jinx Monsoon, has, who has been such a huge voice ever since this bill came into action to show people that drag is harmless, that drag is not like against children. Drag isn't harmful. Like going to a drag storybook reading is not going to be harmful to kids. Like this is bullshit at its fucking finest. I just, it blows my mind. And you know, just speaking of Jinx Monsoon, Monsoon if I can say Monsoon, <laughs> The entire notion that she was cast as a character in the Chicago Broadway musical. And the fact that, that Chicago has not seen this much of a turnout in 26 years, you guys, because of Jinx Monsoon, a drag performer who has just brought a new life back to that Chicago stage, even to a place where it has been extended by several weeks because of the success of Jinx Monsoon being in the cast, that in itself should just tell you that it's not harmful, that it's positive, that it's a good thing. But you better fucking rest assured that these fucking people, these ignorant-ass religious fucking people try their very best to insert their goddamn religion into our lives as queer people. And this, I just, it's just complete and total bullshit. And it makes me sick to my motherfucking stomach. And I can't wait to see this shit be overturned. I'm just hopeful. And you guys, we all have to do our part. We all have to state our opinions. You know, somebody like me who's on this platform, who's in the public eye, I have to make my opinions known that this is unacceptable and this is not the America that I have grown to love. I don't even recognize her anymore. So what do we learn today, boys and girls? Ladies and gentlemen, 
gays and straights, tops or bossy power, bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning. Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. Oh, okay. At any rate, what we learned is on these five topics of conversation, we just learned Ronnie's reaction to that. <laughs> we learned that Andrew Christian is a fucking genius. We learned that people are fucking ignorant as fuck in regards to the Black Little Mermaid, the Black Tinkerbell, and all of this bullshit that's happening in Tennessee with the drag ban and the transgender bills that are on the fucking political table. We learned that people are fucking crazy as shit in regards to the links that they'll go to just get the nosebleed seats at a Beyonce concert, even to a place where they're like willing to fly to Europe to pay like an over thousand dollar ticket to get to Europe to also spend a thousand dollars on a ticket and sit in a spot of the auditorium where you can't even see Beyonce in a clear, like, visual range. We also learned that Porphy Max is hot as fuck, and apparently he gives really good fucking douching advice, but really, we also learned that my reaction to all of these things, some good and some bad, they're literally my reaction, and we're all open to our interpretation of how we all feel with all of these different topics of conversation, but my reaction to that is simply just, you know, with the serious hardcore shit, you guys, we just have to keep our eye on the bigger prize. Keep douching like Porphy. Keep buying your messy, like, bottom underwear from Andrew Christian and just hope that all of this drag, like, outlaw band bullshit, Black Little Mermaid, stupid people doing crazy shit with Beyonce tickets will just someday follow by the wayside. I mean, we have to. We can't do anything else besides stand up for what we fucking believe in. But I just want to hear from you, the listeners. Like, what the fuck do you think? Would you actually forego paying your rent just to see Beyonce in those bleed seats? And and really? <laughs> Give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415 415- Five zero one zero four zero one. Call in, leave a message, and tell me all about it. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, and you know, with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars. Follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, MyGayExposePodcast.com. And the latest piece to the My Gay Expose Podcast puzzle, Bossy Power Bottom Wear at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I, Washburn.com. Get your piece before everything sells out before Pride this year. And also, you guys, I didn't get a chance to mention it because we had no re-expose this week, but please, please, please donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. Links in this week's show notes, links in all of my social media bios, links in all of my websites, everything that has anything to remotely do with Ronnie Washburn. If you just pretty much Google Ronnie Washburn, you can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. 
And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will put on my pair of Andrew Christian messy bottom underwear before I go out to meet you at the club next time. Expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.